Welcome to the Duathlon Show. This episode, Sailfest 5K Race Report. On Sunday, July 9th, 2023, I participated in the Sailfest 5K in New London, Connecticut. This race was my fifth ever running race, all 5Ks. This one was extra special for me because it's the first time I've raced a course I've done before. In fact, the 2022 Sailfest 5K was my first ever running race of any type one year ago. So I was excited to return to the streets of downtown New London for this race and see how much progress I'd made, if any, since last year. Last year I wasn't taking the race as seriously as I have some 5k races since then. So during Saturday night of Sailfest 2022, I'm not ashamed to say I enjoyed a few beers before and during the fireworks show. Come Sunday morning, race morning, I was actually still feeling fine besides being stressed over my breakfast. Darn bagels flying around the car. After the race though, I wasn't feeling so fine. In fact, I had put myself into a dark hole. It was thanks to the tremendous effort I had just expended during my first running race, and to the beers of the night before. I had no regrets about the race performance. I thought I ran awesome and I was pleased with my time. I'm still proud of that time for my first race. I finished 15th overall in Sailfest 2022 with a time of 20 minutes and 9 seconds. That's 6 minutes and 30 seconds per mile pace. I ended up second in my age group of 30 to 39. This year though I had decided to enjoy my Saturday night fireworks show sober as a gopher on the night before the race. I drank only water and seltzer and a fortifying evening coffee in a travel mug. No beer. The only beer I enjoyed Saturday was a fortifying American light lager or several on the beach during the daytime before we headed out for the old whiz-bang illumination show. But since those four percenters were flushed before fireworks and long before bedtime, by which time I was sufficiently hydrated by store-brand seltzers and fueled by an Italian sub, or grinder as they call it up there in Connecticut, others would say hero and the true freaks, Pennsylvanians might call it a hoagie. A long sandwich for our international listeners. That night and the next morning somehow conspired to become the least stressful pre-race I've ever had. It was the best sleep I've ever had before any race and the most relaxed and normal race morning I've ever had. I've experienced problems in the past with getting to sleep the night before a race because of nerves and anticipation. I've had problems in the morning with breakfast, or my bag, or last minute worries about getting to the race on time, etc. But this race went super smoothly. I think I was moving too fast in the days prior to the race to stress about it. My exhaustion from traveling around three states and driving almost 900 miles in rental cars and doing a whole bunch else besides on vacation the prior week allowed me to be busy enough to not think about the 5k much at all and make me tired enough to conk out easily the night before. In fact, I hadn't run at all for 12 days. On vacation, I had the chance to ride the bike on three days, up mountains in fact. It was a super fun diversion for me, the city boy who only rides up bumps in NYC. 
On vacay, I was doing 7 or 12 minute actual mountain climbs compared to the 1 minute climb of Harlem Hill, which is the toughest thing NYC has to throw at me on my normal training rides. So the race prep for the Sailfest 5k was absolutely nil, besides my base fitness and the non-specific cycling cross training. Regardless of this, I came into the race with definite goals. I wanted to set a new 5k personal best time. I wanted to average 6 minutes per mile, or 3.44 per kilometer, and I wanted to win my age group. Last year I ran this same course in similar, non-rainy, pretty hot conditions in 20 minutes and 9 seconds. Could I do 18 minutes and 38 seconds this year? Could I go 7.69% faster? Yes. Believe it or not, I actually nailed my goal time. I finished in 1838 exactly. I came ninth overall in a big field of 281 finishers and won the 30 to 39 age group. Six minutes per mile was a big round number I was targeting, and this was the right course for it. Very flat, total elevation change of 26 feet or 7.9 meters. There were two reasons I did go 7.69% faster this year. The first one is boring and predictable, and it's that I work out more now and I have better overall fitness. The second reason is more interesting, and I will expound upon it. Race strategy. As I said earlier, this was the first race I've ever raced twice. I remember last year very well, and I've brought some racecraft lessons I learned last year into this year's edition. These helped me move into the top 10 of what I'm claiming with limited to some knowledge as one of southeastern Connecticut's biggest 5Ks. First piece of racecraft or strategy for a 5K. Cut corners. Legally. In most 5Ks, you can run on any bit of pavement along the route that isn't taped or fenced off and is still part of the race route. This means if the sidewalk is the fastest route, you're allowed to jump up and run on it if that feels safe and achievable for you. Many races have an official distance measured on the road of exactly 5 kilometers, or 26.2 miles, or whatever the race distance may be. But they may also be partially or not at all close to traffic and finishers will end up running longer than the official distances because they'll be forced onto sidewalks by the presence of vehicles. At the front of my race, none of us had to stop or dodge or slow down for cars that I saw, but I spoke to people further back who were forced onto sidewalks by cars. Don't curve around an obstacle or take a more circuitous route for the sake of following driving road rules or something. This is a race. Turn off all your instincts besides the race brain, people. If you can claim the space and there are no cars around and it's on the race route, take it. If your race is fully or partially close to race traffic, partially implying perhaps some police or volunteer marshals at certain crossings, then don't hesitate to run in the wrong lane of traffic if opposing cars seem to be blocked or if others in your race seem to be doing the same. You aren't a car. Forget their rules. Take the safe but legal shortest race route. The Sailfest 5k route includes two roundabouts. Runners pass through the roundabouts on the right hand side like drivers do here in the US. 
but these particular roundabouts have paved sidewalks on the planted interior islands. Last year, I witnessed the smart racers save a few extra meters by taking the most direct route over this central sidewalk as they pass the traffic circles on course. And this race also has a big left turn in the first kilometer. In the US, we drive on the right side of the road, so this is normally a 90 degree left turn across traffic. Runners ahead of me this year saw that traffic was blocked the other way and cut left into the opposing lane, far before the traffic light and intersection, in order to take a more direct approach angle into the turn. Runners at other points in the race might have had to run this same stretch alongside vehicles, parked right there waiting to be let through, or next to cars in motion, and not been able to take that quicker tangent across the road. Next piece of 5k racecraft is to use others as a windbreak. We know drafting is super important in car racing and cycling, but there actually is a small but measurable drafting benefit, even for runners in a middle distance race like a 5k. According to a Runner's World article I found on the first page of the Google results, for a runner running at 6 minutes per mile in a wind tunnel, there's significantly more oxygen used running alone versus running 1 meter behind another runner going the same pace. In the mental benefit of having a pacer, a rabbit for yourself, that can't be understated and probably represents a bigger percentage in speed bonus than the wind draft benefit. I'm racing in a 5k with a negative split strategy. I want to go slightly slower in the first half of the race than I go in the second. This is the optimal way to spend your energy in a race if you can pull it off. Easier said than done. In this race I was looking for racers who were not negative splitting, whom I expected to be going out slightly too hard for themselves, and then slowing down at some point before the finish line. I wanted to follow these feet for as long as I could. Luckily I found some obliging companions. In a short race like a 5k, you won't piss anyone off by following them for too long. What you'll probably do is make them speed up a slight bit as they hear your feet pounding the pavement behind them. They'll run at your pace for however many meters they can. They've sped up and basically they're giving you a lead out, like a cycling sprinter, for as long as they can before they blow up and have to slow down and you pass them. This can be a long or a short time. You might find an excellent little pack of two or three runners ahead of you. Maybe they've even spread out a bit and are really giving you a good block, like a fullback and the right guard in the center, and you're the running back in a nice hole behind. If you've got a fitness watch or Apple watch that shows you pace, then be checking your wrist to make sure your pack or your leadout man or woman is running at near enough to your goal race pace. You don't want to slow down too much only in order to draft behind someone. Even without a watch, you'll be able to judge your pace versus theirs in a middle distance race like a 5k. If you're approaching someone later in the race at a rate of speed higher than them, don't slow down just for the draft benefit. Add 5% to your clip for 25 meters or yards as you pass this competitor. Drop them and then continue on your merry way. Hopefully you'll find another slowly dropping competitor who will hear you coming, gain some final last doomed hope, and lead you out for 500 or more meters before they too blow up and you pass them comfortably, or before you naturally increase your pace in the last 500 meters of the race leading up to the sprint finish. 
If you want to be competitive in your local 5k or park run, make it your strategy to pass others later in the race. From the midway point to the end, vaguely fit people who come out too fast will blow up and have to slow down. I'm talking specifically about amateur local races here, not competitive high school track and field events or whatever with serious and knowledgeable racers who have coaches. I'm giving strategy for halfway serious amateur runners like myself in smallish local races trying to do well in their age group. I'm not talking super fit college runners or former college runners or high school runners who will be future college runners moonlighting from their serious run training to do this silly little local 5k and accidentally win it. Those guys and girls start out at the front of the race and stay there the whole time. They either break completely away and win the race, or form small groups of strong runners which will come down to the line in a sprint finish. I think I was about 15th or 16th at the 1 kilometer or 0.6 mile mark into the race. I didn't get disheartened or try to follow the feet of racers much faster than me. The eventual top 5 who all finished in 17.11 or quicker. I raced my pace checked my watch, monitored my breathing and heart rate, and continued looking for individuals or small groups to run behind. From that early point, it was nothing but me passing others. I did not get passed by anyone. I spoke about monitoring my breathing and heart rate a moment ago. In my traveling rush, we only got to Connecticut on late Friday night before the Sunday morning race, I had forgotten to bring my chest strap heart rate monitor. I had my Garmin watch which would show me pace, but it of course didn't connect as normal with the chest strap, and its native wrist-based HRM capabilities decided not to work. So I was totally blind as to heart rate the whole race. Normally I like to keep it not too much higher than 170 beats per minute in a 5k race. The last two I raced, I had a 178 and then a 173 BPM average. But this time, I just had to run on feel and listen to my own breathing and my own heart. I was doing a lot of listening to my competitors, too. The people I was attempting to draft behind. That's how I knew I was pushing some of them past their limits. I could hear how ragged their breathing was, and could tell I was in a better oxygen state than they were. I knew I could accelerate at any moment and pass them, and eventually would. But folks, don't get proud. If some local joker wants to come past you at a slow enough relative pace, let them. Don't be proud. Be humble. If they want to come past slow enough, attempt to latch onto their feet. Especially if it's early in the race and you're looking for tug buddies to pull you along. Runners who will do some work for you before they blow up and you pass them. Final piece of pro racecraft at the 5k distance, which I knew about even last year, was don't drink water. Not in a 5k. You can easily hydrate enough for an effort of this duration before the race. If you're trying to do well or set a new personal best, then skip the water stations. If it's a fun run and you don't care, by all means take a water, but not if you want to go fast. 
For the first half of the race, I was running behind a fellow who stopped twice to grab water. He was ahead of me by five yards or meters. He would slow down to grab a water, drink, and then he would sprint back ahead of me to his prior positioning. Twice he did this. Surely this was a wasted effort to try to reestablish a lead over me, which he would completely lose once he blew up around the 2.5 kilometer mark. Two meaningless mini sprints after a water break, which this fella probably didn't even need. He was fit enough to run half of a 5k at 6 minutes per mile pace. That's pretty decent fitness. But his strategy and pacing let him down, and he finished several places and a good chunk of seconds behind me in the end. Should have skipped the water and set a pace for himself somewhere faster than where he finished, but slower than 6 minutes per mile, which destroyed him. I've given some detail already, but here's the full race recap. I started the race 3 or 4 rows back under a narrow start-finish banner. Took me 2 seconds to cross the line, but that's okay because I was never expecting to win the overall. That's typically measured by gun time, not chip time, so my gun time was 2 seconds slower than my chip time in this race. Didn't matter for my placing, no one was within a 2 second delta of me. As I said before, I was 15th or 16th at the 1 kilometer or 0.6 mile mark in this race. I hit the halfway turnaround cone 3 yards or so behind a group of runners ahead of me a bit later. I caught up to them and drafted behind them for about a mile or 1.6 kilometers. Still keeping my pace steady at around 6 minutes per mile, glancing at my wrist a lot, I passed one of these runners at around 2.4 miles and the other at 2.6 maybe. This put me into ninth, the position where I would finish. Looking at my Strava file, it really does look like I dropped them before I put in my final big acceleration after the second to last turn at 2.8 miles or 4.5 kilometers. I got up to 4 minutes and 49 seconds pace on the penultimate street, slowed down to 5.16 for a flying right turn, and then really emptied myself in the last 150 meters across the finish line, peaking at 4 minutes and 11 seconds per mile on the final sprint. The art for this episode is me in the middle of that final sprint, giving my best pain face. I had been looking at the Garmin watch at the end and knew I was super close to my goal time, which helped me go deep. I'm super happy with the result. This was a personal best 5k time for me, and hitting that nice round number of 6 minutes per mile feels like a big achievement. I also didn't realize until I was adding this result to my personal website's race results section, shout out to my free Google site. I am the main visitor to my own website. It is actually the only place anywhere in the world where you can see all the races I've ever done with placings and links to the results. Comes in super handy when I try to remember dates and finishing places. Pay it a visit any time of day or night. I keep it open 24-7 at sites.google.com slash view slash Andrew D. Brown. 
I didn't realize that the Sailfest 5K was actually my seventh age group first place in a row. Seven races in a row, going back to last year. I've been the fastest 30 to 34 year old, or as in this case, 30 to 39 year old in the race. I'm pretty proud of that. Well, I hope you enjoyed this race recap. My next race is planned as the New York City Duathlon, August 27th, 2023 in Central Park. You could say I'm returning to defend my title, as I won the overall in the last duathlon race on the same course in Central Park on May 6th of this year. But before that race happens, I'd love to hit you with some more Tour de France content. Perhaps a recap of how all the Americans fared this July in La France Profonde. Since the last episode before this one was a preview of all the Americans who were about to race in La Grande Boucle, I think that might be a good idea. So keep your ears peeled and your podcast players glued to the duathlon show's place on the dial. Stay dry, everyone. You can follow The Duathlon Show on Twitter and YouTube at The Duathlon Show. Questions or comments? Show at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a good rating and review on the platform where you found it and tell your friends. You can support The Duathlon Show by donating at ko-fi.com slash theduathlonshow.